So I am sitting here with singer, songwriter, musician, and what I like to call a creative futurist. His name is Gene Dawson. How are you? What a lovely introduction. Well, thank you. It's it's how I feel. So it's pretty easy to come up with things when you really have a connection to an artist. So you were born to a mother who was Mexican and a father who was African-American. And your mother spoke no English when she came to the United States at 17. Can you share with the listeners how she learned to speak English? Because I thought this was pretty cool. Yeah, she learned English through hip hop. So she learned English through African-American colloquialisms because that was the culture of people that accepted her into their friend groups, into their families, and you know, into basically the subculture of uh, American culture um, or the subgenre of American culture. And so my mom, if you hear her speak, she sounds like somebody that would be an African-American woman, but she's just a little Mexican lady and that's how she talks because that's, you know, the people around her. So she learned uh, the music that she listened to and the culture that she was immersed in. So you have a pretty interesting story right right out the gate. You were born in a space between Mexico and Southern California. Was that correct? So I was technically born in San Diego, California. So part of my life, I grew up crossing the border, going to public school by, you know, way of trolley, bus, train. Isn't that a perfect level of synchronization with your music? You continue to cross borders and you continue to live in the space between. Now, I want to talk a little bit about the visuals of Pirate Radio, which is a song that we are currently playing. What I noticed immediately in watching the visuals that you put together, the hardness and softness. So you have the metal against your skin. You have the danger of streets versus the innocence of a baby deer. You have technology yeah. in running through the minds of societies, yet you have religion in the back of our mind with that metal cross. Because your music is genre fluid, do you seem to be determined to never get trapped in anyone's box ever? And if that is the case, is it because you naturally were born and live in the space between? Okay, so first off, wow. You're the first person that caught all like the the nuance of the video in its totality where it's like, you know, we use religion as a tool or, or, or um, we use religion as, as early versions of technology of understanding or communication and the cross. And wow, that it's really beautiful that it got somebody. That's crazy. Okay. To answer your question. Um, well, I'm an artist I, I too. Like, I'm an artist too by okay. name. So I so that's why I said you're a creative futurist. That makes all the sense in the world, man. Because I'm like, how did you write the video? What's going on here? You wrote it and you sent it to me via telepathically. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel like being bound by genre or categorization, I've said it before, you know, I think categorization is a great tool. There's nothing wrong with it. It's not inherently evil or good or bad, it's, or, or, you know, good or evil, rather. It's a tool. It's a utility. So the utility of being able to figure out what you like in a faster way is never going to be a bad thing. I, I mean, humans, we only create out of two necessities, and not even necessities, but we create for convenience. You know, think of the last things that got made, right? It's usually just convenience um, or entertainment. But 
there's never really anything in the middle except medication because medication is not necessarily it's convenient it's convenient not to die but it's also not entertaining and that's the usual only thing i can really think of but everything else is usually convenience or entertainment so categorization has that power the capability for convenience where it's okay if i go into the aisle where the cereal is i don't want to find soup i want cereal so that's the way that i think of that i don't i don't think it's deeper than that for me but when it comes to being bound by somebody's perspective of me is something that I'll never respect. I can respect in their own perception because I'll never have to live in their mind. So if they're like, Gene, you're this, I'm like, sure, that's fine. Because I don't have to adhere to what you think I actually am. Mm-hmm. And I'm still trying to figure out what I actually am. So if you figured it out before me, good on you. I might meet you there in 20 years and be like, yeah, this is what I was doing. But in the time being, I think it's much less important to categorize and separate myself from other things than to bring unison into these things because I I don't like borders. I don't I don't like the things can't bleed over into each other. I don't like imaginary positioning that things need to be different. I like the idea of unification. I like Pangea as a concept. I don't yeah. I don't want there to be separation. But I think also if you are born in this space then then having to be categorized really will feel unfamiliar to you. It it will feel like something is being forced on you versus you living your creative nature, which is boundless versus someone else creating boundaries for you. It doesn't even feel like you would be received well in that way because of the imagery and the sounds that you create. I don't think you would even be successful trying to do what other people do because you're so you and you were born under like this this creative space, even with your mom and your father and even the different languages, it's kind of like you were created to be this person who spoke to multiple people at the same time and they all understood you. I don't think that, you know, too many people can do that. And with that being said, there have been a few people trying to do their best Gene Dawson impersonation and people often Mm. say, Imitation is the biggest form of flattery. I know how I feel about that statement. What are your thoughts? Well, first, how do I pay for this therapy that I'm receiving right now? What, <laughs> what's going on? Daisy? It's so beautiful. <laughs> um, but I, I'll say for everything that you had said, wow, uh, this is probably my favorite interview of all time. Let you know right now. Yes. I'm thrilled, Gene Dawson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. You know it's real um, when you say the I'll last say, name, right? You know, there you know, you know it's real. Um, I'll say that I'm a competitive person. I'm mm-hmm. very competitive. And competitive more with myself than anybody else in the world. But that my competitive nature bleeds over into pretty much everything I do. Um, and it's just because I, I think I've since growing up as a kid, I always had this like need to want to impress my father that I've like, I'm, I started to realize when I turned like 22, I was like, I've always been trying to impress my dad from the first project I ever did to now. And that made me super competitive. Like I always had somebody to be like, I need to show them something. Right. And with that brings so much personal experience of things that I've gone through to where everything for me becomes hyper-personal. So, 
when there's, you know, imitation, it's flattering, but also it's just like, I hope that you didn't live the life that I lived to get to where you are right now or what you're trying to pretend to do right now. So I feel for him because, you know, I've gone through very specific things that have made me a very specific person. It's kind of like negating somebody, their experience, because you like the character that they play in this movie. Absolutely. You want to go home and you want to go home and put that, that costume on. It's like, no, no, no. It's not a costume that I went through depression when I was 21 years old and I was laying in my mother's lap talking how I didn't want to be alive. That's not a costume. That's my actual human experience that I don't wish on anybody. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I get really, I get saddened by the idea that there isn't enough human experience in another artist for them to find their own truth. So they have to dictate their truth off somebody else. Like if somebody, it's like every time you see Prince sitting in a crowd when they're doing a Prince tribute and you see in his face, just like, you don't know what this song means to Exactly. Every single time you watch a, every single time you watch a Prince tribute where Prince was in the crowd, he looks not disgusted, but something very similar to it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. for me, it's not disgust. For me, it's just I, I really hope that you can experience this thing because the reason I sound this way is because of this thing. It's not because I fabricated. And there was no personality for me to take it from. So for me, it's like. Yeah, imitation is great. I mean, I I wouldn't be here today if I did try to imitate artists that I loved when I was 16. But then, then I realized that I had my own life experience, that I had my own story to tell and my own voice to say it. And by the time I realized that, maybe like 17, 18. And then I found myself. And I found that it was more healing for me to speak my truth in my own voice than to try and be a voice actor and play a cartoon character that doesn't exist. Okay, I I agree with you more than you can possibly understand. Because like I said, as an artist, a lot of people will negate all of the hard work that you've put into creating your art to just imitate the imagery or the sound and not understand how you got to where you are. Gene Dawson is currently wrapping up his US tour dates before heading overseas to Australia early next year. You can hear Gene Dawson and other amazing artists right here daily at hyphen